0: Space! Well, not really. Take two. Here, in the Mitten State. Welcome to Code 47, bringing you all things Star Trek. Spanning the quadrants, the best thing since the Neutral Zone. And we are back, episode 42 of the Code 47 podcast on the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. This is your uh, officially licensed, again, uh, Trek Lord of West Michigan. I've got my piece of paper. Uh, My renewal went through. Uh, Charlie Carden coming at you with my ever-faithful, sometimes-faithful co-host, transporter double duo of Raren, Rich and Aaron, coming back to talk to you about... Star Trek Discovery, guys. How are you?
1: Hello, I'm great. How are you?
2: I mean, I'd be better if I would get to do the counting every once in a while, but.
1: Oh. <laughs> what? I just said you could do it every single time.
0: Always going to be controversy <laughs> with the two of you. Oh my god, we're we're like a we're like a you know, is it Weenie in the Butt in the morning? We're like a perfect like morning radio show.
1: Weenie two guys and butt? a
0: girl. Weenie <laughs> in the butt. I don't know where it wasn't that from, uh, or what's the one from The Simpsons. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm I don't. Up.
1: I don't. I don't watch cartoons. Oh, that's right,
0: anti-cartoon. Well, you are not going to be having fun when we get to, <laughs> when we when we get to lower decks next month. But I digest. Uh, anyway, we're back. We're covering the uh, back half of season three of Star Trek Discovery, which kicks off uh, kicks off with episode eight, uh, which aired in December of last year. Uh, this was the last. This is the most recent Star Trek we had, wasn't it? Didn't this run and Picard was in twenty. Was at the beginning of twenty twenty, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
1: Pardon this me. is the freshest.
2: It's it's the most freshest. But anyway, N- let's
0: this
1: not...
2: isn't more fresh than uh, Lower Deck season one, though, is it?
0: Yeah, because Lower Deck season one was just prior to this. Oh, was it? I thought it was. This was it was, the, was oh. basically this time. Lower Deck season one is actually what kicked off this podcast because that was Rich, what we were talking about.
1: Rich, go know. back. Rich, go back to your corner.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Go back to your corner. Turn around. Sorry. It'll, it'll, sorry. It'll be like the uh, like the end of uh, The Blair Witch Project. Go back to your corner. Yikes. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, we kick it off with Episode 8, Sanctuary, directed by Johnson Frakes. Who's doing the
2: honors?
1: Uh, Richkin this time.
2: I'll oh, start off. Okay. So Book receives a distress signal from his brother, Kaim, who says their home planet of Quijibo or something is
0: threatened. <laughs> uh, is, no, it's actually Quajon, but Quijibo is a Simpsons reference. It's a Simpsons Simpsons was, reference, right? That was Bart Simpson's uh, from Scrabble. That was Quijibo yeah. was his word.
2: Bart Simpson's Scrabble word, yep. Uh, is being threatened by the Emerald Chain in a, a syndicate of Andorians and Orions led by Osira, Aaron's favorite character.
0: Oh, yeah. They, well, yeah. Oh, the
2: Quijiboans' me. harvests have been devastated by locusts following climate changes caused by the burn, and Kaim made a deal with Osira to repel the locusts in exchange for, uh, trance This caused a rift between Book and Kaim, civilizations that receive help from the. Sorry, what? Sorry, <laughs> what's going on? Receive help from the Emerald Chain often collapse, so Discovery travels to Kujibo. I can't say it. Dude, Kayim... I like it. That was, we're going to go with it. Uh, <laughs> Kaim reveals to Book and Burnham that Osira wants Rin, an Andorian servant who is freed on Hunau. After a fight, Kaim agrees to dis- disobey Osaira in exchange for Discovery, helping to repel the locusts, which are apparently still a problem. During this time, Discovery keeps Osara from taking Rin by attacking her with bookship, but she sees through the ruse and promises retaliation against the Federation before retreating. Meanwhile, Culber studies Giorgio, who appears to be ill and is experiencing blackouts and flashbacks.
0: Wow, there are a lot of words in this summary. I'm just going to start <laughs> with that. Quijibo, Osyra, yep. uh Kaim, and uh, Federation. I don't know. Um, cool story, bro. <laughs> no, I like it. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a decent enough fleshing out of the book character that we don't know a lot about.
1: Oh, um, they could have made it more interesting, though. Yeah, no I, kidding. I, I thought it was boring and
0: stupid.
2: Well that okay then um the, but the best a, part of it is the b is the b story the stuff uh, with uh Giorgio.
0: that's very true yeah George
2: is always going to be the best story
0: directed by frakes though was he at least competent doing that everybody loves
1: him i mean you you work with what was written and i'm sure he did his best with what he had
2: i right. mean if you're going to direct the phone book it's going to be boring even if you're like you know, <laughs> right Spielberg, i'm you know? starting so. with the cues
0: the quichy bows <laughs> Um, <laughs> Quidgebo might be the name of the episode. That's, that's did really anybody
1: favorite. else? Did any? Did either of you have a problem with how like how dickish Book's brother was? And I guess he had his reasons or whatever. <laughs> but then all is forgiven and right. they're a uh, happy family now. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah.
2: all like perfectly fine at the end there. It was
0: like, just just like in Black Widow where it's like we all hate each other, but now we're all super simpatico. Everything's great.
2: We're family. Family.
0: I was gonna say bring in, uh, you, you know who's got a, you bring up the rear on that one. Give me a meme of Dom Toretto. No, don't do that. Oh God. Um, all right. Well, since everybody, since everybody's uh, taking a drink of the haterade, why don't we move on <laughs> to the next episode?
1: Um, okay. So this is split up into two. Um, I'll just read the first part, and then Rich, you can uh, do the second part after we talk shit on the first part. That sounds,
0: that sounds awesome. Go for it, kids.
1: All right, Terraformer Part 1. Kolbar is visited by Kovic, a mysterious Starfleet operative who explains that since Giorgio has traveled through time and from a different universe, the mirror universe, her molecules have moved too far from their origin and she is now likely to die. Son of a bitch! I hate it when that happens. (sighs) Consulting with Discovery's computer, which has been augmented with the intelligent sphere data... Culber believes that Giorgio could be saved by traveling to an uninhabited planet, Danis V. Stamets and Adira use the SB-19 data to tra- trace the source of the burn to the Verubin Nebula? Yeah, Is that, that how we say it?
0: The Reuben. That's my favorite sandwich. I like it.
1: The Reuben
0: sandwich. The Reuben sandwich.
1: <laughs> and discover a distress signal from a Kelpian starship. On Danis 4, Giorgio and Burnham encounter a strange being named Carl. <laughs> Sorry. The hot, the hot Carl. Named Carl. Carl. You know, my, my, da- my dad tells every, like, telemarketer that calls him that his name is Carl Sanders, and he just says really, like, obnoxious stuff about all these health problems he's having <laughs> with his anus. <laughs> and it's to that. the it's to the point now where he's getting like mail sent to his house for Carl Sanders because you know they sell <laughs> his false information. So oh, when shit, I see the name, funny. when I see the name Carl, I laugh. And we also told my daughter Lexi that one of her baby's names was Carl. So she oh has a God. baby, she has a little baby doll named Carl. Who has who, oh has, an,
0: who has anal fissures as well? That's unfortunate.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, anal fissures happen. Anyway, okay. Anyway. Giorgio and Burnham encounter a strange being named Carl, who directs Giorgio to door. On the other side, she finds herself back in the Mirror Universe during the time she was Emperor of the Terran Empire. Giorgio finds that her time with Discovery has changed her, and she uses her knowledge of the past to alter certain events, including a slave Saru, Cirque du Soleil, and sparing the life of the <laughs> treacherous Michael Burnham.
0: It was. It was a cornucopia of... huh.
2: The Cirque du Soleil part was just lame.
0: <laughs> I just, you know what, this, you know, it was obviously, you know, it came to a time when they wanted to get Giorgio out of the, you know, they wanted to get her kind of out of the way. Yeah, they uh, were were kind of setting her up to be a part of this Section Thirty-One show, which may or may not be happening. Um, I kind of had my fill of the, you know, mirror universe on you know, on steroids in the blue man group that we had in season one. So I was, I wasn't really, and, and it kind of did nothing with the plot line of the season, which I truly enjoyed. Right. So I was it, a, it was I, a I was waste a big, of time. I was a big thumbs down on this. And then obviously on part two, cause it just keeps it going. So Couple
1: yeah. Of- couple of positives i took from this episode were i like that aerial view that they do of Giorgio and burnham because it looks just like it did in the pilot episode where they're walking with the footprints oh,
2: i noticed I, that too that was cool I, I yeah
1: so, big so visually that was really cool for me um and i also liked that carl has a newspaper called the star <laughs> dispatch which right. is which is the paper name in the episode city on the edge of forever. Right. Um, nice. Yeah. Right.
0: Nice callback, which, which is a, in part two. Know, yeah. yeah. Part two, we're
2: going to find out what that means. So, all right. So, okay, R- but I, uh, here's the thing. Please. I kind of liked this little diversion because I was, uh, bored, no, I, I was honestly bored with where they were going with the main stuff. And it's Uh-oh. like, okay, now, now we're going to get into some, some trekky stuff, which is, you know, traveling to distant universes or whatever away from what we know. And I just, I, I, Carl stuck out like a sore thumb, but like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell was going on with him. I was like, all right, this is, this is weird. He's got a, he's got a stogie in one hand. Hey, it's me, Carl. Why don't you jump through the door over there? You know, hey, like for guys I mean, are you, Ooh. yeah. Right. Like, I was like, good. What is going on here? I was completely like, I, I wasn't expecting it to go two episodes though. That's where, that's where it kind of fell down. I was like, what? um, okay. All right.
1: I'm right. a Charlie. Boo. Boo. Yeah, boo. Uh, yeah.
2: boo.
0: All right. All right. So do we need to talk about part part two in much detail or do we just kind of cover it? I don't
1: know. Go ahead. Rich, do you want want to read this long ass thing? We don't need to.
2: Well, I don't think we need to except to to explain that Carl is actually the guardian, uh, uh, the guardian forever. Right.
1: Yeah. That that That
2: was fun. I, I don't understand. Why is he? Why is the guardian a person now?
1: Well, well, they want they want to like make all these people that loved the original series like jerk off to this show, so doing that. <laughs> well, well it you know, worked. I'm
0: really I'm really glad they didn't. Oh God, I'm glad they didn't film that. Yeah, but I mean, it's a leap of like, okay, he's the Guardian forever, so now he went to a different planet, and he's also some old guy named Carl. So right. Right. Uh, that that wasn't really covered in the the subset of the abilities of the Guardian, but whatever. Right.
1: Right. I'm I'm gonna call him Captain Carl.
0: Captain Carl, Captain Hot
1: Carl, Captain Carl, Captain Carl, Captain Hot Carl,
0: Captain Hot Carl, you know, that would be in the running for the name of the episode, but putting Hot Carl uh, out there on our feed, (laughs) I I, I don't think so, I don't Uh, don't think, I don't think it's going to go down like that,
1: maybe just Captain Carl,
2: the question is, does Todd know, so he knows, he knows. D- despite,
0: d- despite the fact that Todd seems to be such a goody goody, he, he knows a lot of terrible stuff. He was the one who said, Hey, Urban Dictionary, do you know what a goatsy is? We'd, oh, no. We need to talk about that. All right, yeah. moving moving on. Episode 11 uh, is Sukal. Who's got this one? We'll be back to. Well, you guys did a hybrid of the last one, so you pick. Who, whoever wants
2: to read it.
1: Oh, no. We didn't read the second one, so this is all rich. Oh, there well, you me? go.
0: All,
2: all right, right take I'll, it, I'll take it. Take it away. Discovery detects a life sign on the starship in the radioactive Verubon Nebula. Veruben. Saru, Verub, Verboten Nebula. Ver,
1: Verboten. The Reuben Sandwich. The Reuben Sandwich. The
2: Reuben Sandwich Nebula. And Saru suggests that this could be the child of one of the starship's scientists. They jump there to investigate and find a planet made primarily of dilithium inside the nebula. Saru, Burnham, and Culber transport to the planet, leaving Tilly in command of discovery. On the planet, the away team find themselves inside a complex holographic simulation designed by the scientists to raise and protect the child. They find the child, Sukal, and discover that he was born with a biology adapted to the planet and radioactive nebula, while while the away team suffers from radiation poisoning. Sukal so is that was a terrible sentence. Sukal so is not prepared to deal with the reality outside the simulation, and when he becomes upset, he creates an energy surge similar to the burn. The Emerald Chain ship, commanded by Osira, arrives. Book flies into the nebula to retrieve the away team. He gets Burnham, but the others, plus a stowaway Adira, stay with Sukal. Osira captures Discovery and makes it jump to the Federation headquarters.
1: Bing bang boom pow. How
0: disappointing st- was this for you guys? <laughs> I was you know what, after the massive disappointment that was the prior two episodes, I was simply happy to see things tilt back in the right direction. But
1: I know, of, but it was like episode after episode of oh my god, what could have caused the burn? What could it be? And then it's just some annoying dude.
2: <laughs> so so okay, but look, look, this is this is their commentary on QAnon, guys. <laughs> This is their commentary on QAnon. What Lord could possibly? Who's behind QAnon? Oh, who is it? It's, Turns out it's, it's just some bored teenager in it's, Taiwan it's, or whatever, right?
0: It's it's Q Shaman. That's who it is. Q Shaman, yeah. who's an alien.
2: Well, um, exactly what it is. This, and of course, Star Trek is no is no uh no stranger to social commentary, and that's exactly what the, that's exactly how I took it.
0: Yeah, you know? I. I liked the twunt off between Tilly and Osira. That was nice. Little uh-huh. girl, blah, blah blah. And Tilly's like, "Well, <laughs> I dug it. I dug it. It was a nice showdown." Still struggling with the fact that, like, having a fucking teenager as the first officer of this ship with an, you know, and then he leaves the ship and he's like, "All right, acting first officer, you can be totally in charge of absolutely anything." And she's not even a graduate of Starfleet Academy. How could she possibly be twenty, twenty-one? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very JJ track, and that yeah, that's I mean she's I like her as a character, but as a first officer, it's like what the, what the fuck are you doing? That is that that is kind of out there, but um yeah, the wheels are turning, but yeah, annoying annoying dude slash annoying teenager mm-hmm. is the you know it does set it up as the burn is something that they can they can fix. Um which yeah. is where we go over the next two episodes. So
1: they I mean, can fix it with the help of a team of psychologists. Yeah. Exactly. For Christ's sake. I, I gotta ask you guys something. Have you ever known someone that wore glasses like their whole life and then they got LASIK and so they didn't wear glasses anymore and you're like, Oh wow, they look weird.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's uh, how I sure. felt that's
1: how I felt about ha without makeup. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Yeah, because he almost uh, Doug Jones, who again I met him at our local show here a few years ago. Wonderful guy, just like meets you and wants to touch your face and says, "Oh, I'm so glad to meet you." And he's just—it's a little unusual. He's a midwestern guy too, which is
1: pretty. That must many, be yeah. before COVID because nobody's face touching anymore.
0: Nobody's face touching anymore. But um, yeah, it's usually—it seems like when he plays a character, he's you know in makeup of some kind. So yeah, that really was that really was different. But I know I wasn't terribly disappointed. Uh, but again, this is a lead up to um getting you know a a bunch of pew 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 action in the next episode so uh any any other thoughts before we move on just one yeah go ahead you can go first
2: rich go ahead Uh, i was just gonna say osiris face bothers me she is because
0: she's she's margot kidder's sister so i see uh, that's that's, all i see when i look at her because i look at her i'm like yeah she's a little too familiar and what's her name her name is such and such uh, kidder kidder that's a and she's a canadian which that's that's what led me down the road but totally but see, looks like margo kidder see no Evil it's not even that
2: it's that it's her it's that her top lip doesn't move and it reminds me of jack nicholson and the joker is she wearing a prosthetic on her face of some I kind
0: don't know you know what i'll tell you what i i'll give you a little something for reference she because i was looking at her imdb she also did a Longer guest stint in one of the more recent seasons of, of Arrow on the CW because that also is a Canadian show. So I'm not watching
1: that. I'm not watching that. I'm not, yeah.
0: watching, that. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not watching that either. I'm just. I'm Sorry, you, Charlie. That I'm just I'm I'm just I haven't watched it either. I'm just I'm giving you a reference. That's just trying to. Trying to get to the trying to get to the end of the never ending story here.
2: So she just she looks like the Joker. She looks like she's wearing a Jack Nicholson prosthetic on her face. So
1: (laughs) I like that the big enemy on this that is recurring throughout several episodes is female. It's a powerful female. I do like that. I know Star Trek Mm -hmm. has done that before Mm -hmm. um, with the Borg Queen. But other than that, it's all just been like, you know, standalone episodes. So Khan, Khan and his right. Exactly. Right, but never like in a long film or anything like that. So I, I did appreciate that, even though I don't like the character that much.
0: Yeah. You, you you like the idea of the character is what you're saying. The notion.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess.
0: I can, <laughs> I can dig it. All right. Episode 12.
1: Oh, there is a tide. Is that what it's called? Yeah, there is a yeah. tide, and it's directed again by Johnny Frakes. Johnny, oh, Johnny. John. Osira poses as an under attack. Osiris poses as an under-attack Discovery with blocked communications, and Vance decides to let the ship through the Federation shields. Burnham and Book use the perilous transwarp network to reach Federation headquarters in time to crash-land on Discovery before the shields close up. Osiris sends Zara, is that who that is, to investigate, Uh, and he captures Book while Burnham escapes unseen. Book is kept hostage with... The Bridge crew and Ren Stamets is interrogated by scientist Aurelio. Is that his name? That 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 sounds so sexy. It's like Fabio. <clears throat> uh, it sounds like Areola.
0: <laughs> and he's the dude with the beard and the wheelchair or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah.
1: Who plans to replicate Discovery's Spore Drive? And the rest of Discovery's crew is released in shuttles. Osira proposes a peace treaty between Federation and the Emerald Chain to Vance. He considers the treaty, but insists that Osira stand trial for her crimes, which is unacceptable to her. The bridge crew escapes from the with the help of Book and Rin, who are captured again. Burnham frees Stamets and safely jettisons him from the ship to prevent his capture, despite his wish to immediately save Culber, Adira, and Saru. Ariola is horrified <laughs> when Osira kills prisoner <laughs> Rin. So. Uh, I don't have much good to say about the episode. Cause I mean, I like, I like what's going on, but nothing really stood out to me except Burnham doing that nerve pinch on Stamets. And then Jed jettis- when she jettisons him. Yeah. I'm like, flushed, wow, that's a boss move.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: like, that's a boss move. It had to be done. Somebody had to do it. It's never her. I right. mean, I mean, right. look what she did. Um, in that last episode, she couldn't flush her friend out R- right. evil robot lady. She you know. got she get she got better
0: with the flushing. Um, yeah. Flushing improvement. So the uh, prisoner Wren, by the way, was the Andorian that is, uh, and this came up again when I was, and maybe we mentioned that's uh, uh, Tilly's husband in real life.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? And, and he's, um, he's kind of an interesting character to me in this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I like him. And yeah, so it's, it is significant. And, and like you said, Areola, uh, who is, <laughs> who is like a disciple of Osyra, uh sees that she's just not such a super duper great lady um but yeah i like i like the dynamic of her you know the balance of the episode is she's got hey i've got this treaty and we're going to make these concessions and we want to legitimize this trade arrangement over here and this and that we want to do this thing and that thing and you guys could do this and that vance is like yeah 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 you know that makes some sense but ultimately somebody has to be responsible for things that happened and when put when push comes to shove she refuses to accept any responsibility, which reminds me of someone else in my life whose name I'm not going to mention due to a sensitive nature of a uh, court involvement that's happening in the next few days here. But it's exactly like that person. Um, you'll say all the shit in the world, but when it comes time to accept your part in what's happened that you're going to backpedal. So I found that to be enormously gratifying on a personal level, you know, that, uh, with that, yeah, instead of making a deal where you, you have to accept punishment or you have to accept judgment, uh, over something that you instead rankle against it. So I found that to be interesting cause they were playing it along like, Hey, this might actually work out and all this different stuff. And then boom, not happening. I dug it.
1: Yeah. Okay. I liked it too. I
2: just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to see what happens, um, between Stamets and Burnham later because he was pretty pissed at her for pulling what right. she pulled.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, with the way things end, uh, you know, to, to, to wrap up the season, kind of what um what gets decided. Well,
1: they both. they forgave her last boyfriend, so I'm sure they'll forgive her, too.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Very forgiving. Yeah. Very forgiving. So. All right. Who's
2: who's taking us home? The Episode 13. That is rich i'm driving all right unable to yeah room unable to jump away without stamets Osira fights her way out of federation headquarters and shuts off life support for the bridge crew despite this tilly and the bridge crew are able to plant a bomb in one of the ship's nacelles with the help of this of the sphere data dropping discovery from warp which i thought was pretty cool actually burnham makes her way to the ship's data core kills Osira in a fight and resets the computer systems. She turns life support back on and beams all emerald chain fighters off the ship. Aurelio after, or Ariola, sorry, after a change of heart suggests that book could use the spore drive with it, with his empathic abilities and they jump to the nebula. Saru helps Sakal turn the simulation off and become, or, and come to terms with the death of his mother as his reaction to that is what caused the burn. Um, Burnham, never mind. just Burnham. as Discovery arrives Saru decides that to help Sukal start a new life on Kaminar and Burnham is promoted to Captain the Emerald Chain collapses after Osiris' death and the planets begin to join the, refred- the- <laughs> and planets begin to rejoin the Federation. Discovery sets out to bring Dilithium from the Nebula to planets that have been run that have been cut off by the Burn. So, so yeah so a chicken in every pot right there Right. Exactly. I, no, no I, doubt. I
1: like I like that. They're, you know, rebuilding the Federation as a whole. Yeah. I think that I think that's a great way and a, a great thing that's going to happen for season four. However, seriously, promotion to captain after all your bullshit. <laughs> yeah, really? I know. She
0: is the worst. Pick. It's like well, it's like in J.J. Trek. It's like Captain, you know, could Captain Kirk be more of a total dicknut in that movie? It's like Shatner is Kirk. You know, yeah, he was a dick and he played it face and loose all the time, but in the end, he got results. He talked yeah. a computer to death on like six or seven different occasions. He's the man. He's <laughs> awesome. You look at Chris Pine as Kirk. He, I, th- I swear, in that first movie alone, he got his ass kicked like five or six times. He sucks. He did stuff to get people killed. He was always, he just, he was a total idiot. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Burnham's like, okay, she's the captain now, but what kind of rogue-ass thing is she going to do next? they got to have other Starfleet people they could have stuck uh, up, uh, up ahead of the line for her. So, okay, bitching point that everybody has uniforms what do you think of not only these uniforms and then the ones that we've seen that are taking their place in season four in the trailers we, I'm a big
1: uniform we, we already talked about this i don't like that whole color block thing i think it looks weird well yeah,
0: what is do kind you, of strange what do you think of the new color scheme going back to like the tng colors where you got just the one color but it's got a stripe you like
1: yeah that color block big black stripe no thank you
0: Right, mm-hmm. I just ordered one of those cool new. I Christmas.
1: know, I'm excited. We, we, I'm,
0: i know you read all about it. Read it. it. <laughs> I know. I'm very excited to get my, you know, dinner jacket or whatever the hell it is. It's Somebody, somebody went on there when I posted that and wrote it, wrote something snarky and then deleted it. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, who's got the big britches now, big guy? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my god, I'm gonna write some rude stuff on there. Oh
0: please, <laughs> please do. I'm, I'm gonna get you put in Facebook jail. Um, so. Final thoughts on the season and the episode. Uh,
1: I, I, yeah. I, I, I want season two back.
2: Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, such a letdown out for season two. Season two was a phenomenal. And then we got this. It's like,
1: so ah,
0: I, come I, on. I agree, I agree that season two is very layered. They took a long approach. Every episode seemed to play a part. I agree that this season wasn't like that because we had like the di- like Giorgio's diversion. And then you had like, you know, you had to get rid of non in one episode to, to go in and found seeds or something like that. So overall, yeah. overall, I'd like the season. But but yes, with 13 episodes, there there was indeed filler. And mm-hmm. and that's always that's always a bummer. But it always seems to happen. So
1: they um, ended they ended it with a, with a um Roddenberry quote, which was nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty cool quote. Absolutely. So, yes, season four. It's my feeling that we're going to get it in like October when Lower Decks ends. But the wild card is: will we have the animated Star Trek Prodigy going out at the same time? We don't. We don't know that yet. So, at any rate, between is at some point between now and the end of the year, we could have three Star Trek programs
1: come out. Where can I watch Nickelodeon?
0: Uh, it's on Paramount Plus.
1: Oh, okay, good. So You're I don't gonna, have to yeah, buy something.
0: No, 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 Paramount Plus does bill itself as the home of 100% all Star Trek, except two out of the three JJ movies. So 100% of Star Trek.
2: <laughs> why can't it, Why can't yeah. it be three out of the three? Yeah,
1: yeah we can right. just throw those in the garbage. That's fine. Yeah.
0: Throw them in the bloody bin, mate. That's what my Australian God. buddies over on Weekly Planet would say. All right, moving on to the news. I actually picked three stories this week because there's just there's just a ton of shit going on. So uh, Matt Shakman, uh, director of Marvel's WandaVision, to direct a 2023 Star Trek film from Captain Marvel screenwriter. So you got some Marvel ass talent coming at uh, coming at Star Trek. So um That's talent. Ass talent. Yeah, there you go. I I see it would be another great name for the episode. But again, we're just trying to we're trying to we're trying to keep the bad. I I think
1: Captain Carl's a great name for
0: it. I definitely we'll see what happens. Uh, April broke news (laughs) that Paramount had set up a June 2023 release date for the next Star Trek feature. And now we're getting details on the project, including these Marvel vets. So it's top secret. Uh, We're not getting a lack of confirmation that it doesn't have something to do with J.J. Trek, which kind of
2: scares me. It's produced by J.J. Abrams, so it's going to be connected.
0: Later in the – it says update. There are no details on how it fits or doesn't fit with the Kelvin or Prime universe. So I'm I'm scared as hell. Um, But – in case you missed it, and this is kind of where I got confused. It says at the bottom of this article, there is another Star Trek film in development. We found out uh, in March. Actually, I thought it was on first contact day. So on April five, that we found out that uh, Abrams had tapped discovery screenwriter, Kalinda Vasquez to write a new Star Trek film, which is not this one. So two Star Trek films for 2023, one JJ, one not JJ.
2: Maybe just, can we uh, just get rid of JJ altogether and let that, him not be involved?
1: Yeah, be I'm not even awesome. going to I'm not even going to see it. If it's JJ, I'm not going to see it. He's let me down too many times. I'm done. I don't want to I don't I have enough material to hate on him for the rest of my life. I don't need to put myself <laughs> through that.
0: I mean, yeah. I, I would I would love to tell you that I wouldn't see it, but I would see it and I would hate it and I would I would find a way to deal with my hatred. But I would be I would be disappointed not only in the project, but without a doubt, the greater disappointment would be in myself. But I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> but I, I simply cannot let it go. And speaking of things that I can't let go, uh, Playmates is returning from across the Star Trek universe. Now, Richie, uh, were you a collector back in the 90s? You're a couple years
2: older than me, so you were more of a grown-up than I was in the early 90s. Uh, No, I wasn't really a collector in the 90s, other other than comics. I mean, I didn't
0: really... I hear you, but I loved the Star Trek Playmates figure lines. uh, They were a little bigger than your traditional... Star Wars GI Joe figures. So instead of three, uh, three and three quarters, they were about four and a half inches tall. Uh, not exactly super. They were neither super articulated nor really intimately detailed. So they looked a little better than the GI Joes, but certainly not as good as the kind of stuff that you see in the toy stores these days. But it was an expansive line. It went on from I think either 1992 or 93 to about 1999 and they cranked through more characters than you can imagine weird aliens one-offs obviously you had the the full cast of every show uh and then variations of so you got you know the tos cast plus the tos movie cast and and, you know and just uh, checklists out there There had to be well over 100 figures so
1: i love i love all the examples uh and and photos they have of these new toys that they're going to make in the photos in this article.
0: They have silhouettes. Is that what you're referring to? So yes, you can, you can kind of sort of pick them out. Let's see. I, I feel like there's old man Picard in there, maybe a Spock. I don't know. Help me out here. You got, uh, you got another young Spock with a beard. I don't You can make that out here? I can't make anything out here. I'm 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 really I'm really squinting. Um, but anyway, I'm super fired up about this again.
1: Oh, I, is I, this a magic eye picture? If I cross my eyes, will I see them?
0: I the one on the right eyes. looks like Chewbacca. I thought your eyes already were crossed. <laughs>
1: no, uh, we don't...
0: <laughs> no, we don't need They.
1: Are, I I keep sending <laughs> you all my self portraits. Yeah, in just... chat, guys. Oh, Sorry.
0: Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm fired up about this. Again, when it comes to action figures, I made a promise a long time ago that I have a certain set of storage, and I'm not going to have any more of it. So this may result in some things getting put away and sold. If these figures turn out to be nice, I may have to, I may have to kill something off in order to have these because. My biggest disappointment in Star Trek figures, the McFarland toys, which is a really nicer-ish producer, higher-end producer. Uh, Well, they did—they did like a Walking Dead line that was pretty nice. They're doing a DC multiverse line right now, that's pretty nice. I have a handful of those. They got the Star Trek license back in 2017. They produced two—that's right, one, two figures, a Kirk and a Picard, and then they had plans for like three or four others, and they were all scrapped and. We never heard anything about it. They held on to the license for grim death until yesterday when this news dropped. So I am enthused uh, that Playmates will. And Playmates has a rep. They've picked up some other lines in subsequent years where they've they've in, improved their game. So I don't know. I'm fired up. It's good stuff for me.
1: Yeah, didn't they make uh, the um, tricorders we have?
0: Uh, I do. The, the Oh, the Playmates? Yeah, I have a couple. I yeah. don't know you have. Yeah, I have I have a couple from them, and I have a phaser from them from from a TNG, and I have a I no yeah no yeah that's right I do yeah
1: I have, I'm looking at this it says playmates toy authorized user so yeah, yeah. I, I have one
0: there you go so um so anyway so the, the the you know any props or role play items that they make will be awesome for us cosplayers so I'm all about that so final story the Emmys were announced this week and. Discovery and Lower Decks, the show that Aaron is being forced to watch under duress, uh, were nominated for a total of five Emmys altogether. Uh, For season three of Discovery, which we just wrapped up talking about, nobody likes but me, uh, there were nods for outstanding period or character makeup, uh, non-prosthetic and prosthetic, so that's two, sound editing, uh, special visual effects, and then for... Lower decks, outstanding sound editing for comedy series, which I just I don't I, I never understand what that means. What's well, good, I did that. I, no, you're more of a film guy. What what does outstanding sound editing mean versus like meh, sound editing?
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't know where their I don't know where their line is. I just thought it was interesting that the that, that Discovery season three got a lot. Got four nominations, but not one of them were for like story or direction or acting or any of that. It speaks volumes about how I feel about this season. So, uh,
0: so, <laughs> 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 so anyway. I, I guess I like you. I don't really like awards, whatever. But, you know, it's nice to see um, it's not ni- it, it, is, it is nice to see there'd be some recognition. Uh, other genre shows uh, include The Mandalorian, which we talked about quite a bit on this program and also on SFU and obviously Holocron Chronicles. Uh, WandaVision, The Handmaid's Tale, which everyone I love and Lovecraft County, which uh, Oxford has watched, but I've not watched. Have either one of you guys checked that one out?
2: Yes. No. Yes. No, is it excellent? I'm... It's it's very good. But it's also cringy in certain ways, like like cringy not because of like they're trying too hard, but cringy because it's like, oh shit, okay, so that's real. All right.
0: Ugh. Yeah. Delightful. Oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, that's on Showtime, right? Uh, HBO. Oh, okay. I was gonna say. Oh,
1: send me, send me a right. Type it in the chat and I'll check it out, Rich.
0: All right. Okay. I was gonna say yeah, Showtime is not currently on my streaming service Roulette, but it will be again at some point. So. Uh, so, yeah, that's about the show, guys. So uh, take us up on out of here.
1: If we call this Carl Sanders, my dad, it will, like, make his whole life. If we Ruben, call this, Captain Carl the Ruben,
0: Sanders. The Reuben Sandwich Nebula with Captain Carl Sanders.
1: Yeah, that's good. If you include <laughs> Carl Sanders in the title of this episode, it'll, it'll change my dad's life.
0: OK, <laughs> it's done. It's done. It, he'll have made it. <laughs> He's made it. All right. Take us up on out of here.
1: All right, I'll do it this time, Rich. You got it. For more information about Starfleet International in Michigan and beyond, please visit Graham Potoske and Nomad on Facebook.
0: Oh yeah. Thank you, friends, as always, for joining us. We are, of course, a stalwart of the Secret Friends Unite Podcasting Network. You're listening to Code 47. Holocron Chronicles is bi-weekly, talks about Star Trek. Uh, opposite weeks is the co-op mode talking about video games and every Friday since 2014, the secret friends unite podcast, your guide to the geek side coming right at you. All of our episodes and a lot of, uh, including a lot of fun, original content, wink, wink guys, you're overdue with your articles, uh, can be found, uh, at secret friends unite.com. Dot com find us over on twitter at secret friends you drop us a line let us uh, know how you feel about playmates toys or jj track or season three or the emmys or whatever it is we want to hear from you please hit us up still uh, rich we did not get any hate tweets about the animated series so either wow. everybody everybody agrees with us or nobody follows us on twitter but either way <laughs> we want to hear about it uh here's aaron's favorite part of the show we have a great store over on t public we do. Um, yeah. Aaron, you know what, what? What kind of things can people get over on Public? I'm curious.
1: I don't know. I'm, I didn't even know we had one. I'm shocked right now. I'd, I'd oh. love to buy some swag. Do you know, Charlie?
0: Um, I, I think that they have T-shirts just by the name of the website. Uh, they oh, probably also cool. have okay. hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, magnets, notebooks. What, tum-
1: what about tumblers?
0: coffee tumblers or tumblers of other kinds i don't know it's all very exciting the great news is that all of uh, those purchases the proceeds do support our website and our ability to bring you fun stuff here on the network so friends thank you one last time for joining us i'm going to tell you as always that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking.
1: kapla
2: and i'm gonna go head out and get some signature gelato from that starbase guys